Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host. If you're new, welcome. Here at Redbeard Outdoors, we talk about three main pillars, three main things, just about every single podcast, at least two, if not all three of them. And those are faith and family, fitness, and the outdoors. So technically, you could say four things, whatever you want to say. I wrap faith and family together because for me, families are forever. So that's part of my faith. But on a side note, that's what you're getting into. Uh, I'm Jonathan. I love everything outdoors. I love sharing it with my loved ones, and I love fitness. So if those are some things that you're into or you're looking to get into, you've come to the right place. I know there's tons of podcasts out there. Thank you for choosing mine. Now, for those of you that are back, you know that the weekend podcast, I'm changing it now to Saturdays, and on the weekend podcast, it's a little bit longer have great conversations with amazing individuals that have either helped me on my journey, people that I've looked up to, or simply want to learn from. And today is no different. I have a buddy of mine whose name is Jake, Jake Arvold, and he is my connection over at First Form headquarters. And he has helped me in my journey with First Form, but also he loves the outdoors. First Form Outdoors is something that is kind of a brainchild of his, and he is heading it on, and uh, we're working together on that. He's got a couple of other people um, working on that as well, but he's the main go-to when you're on First Form Outdoors Instagram page, so we'll get there in a minute. Uh, First, again, guys and girls, men and women, please share this with other people. If you get something out of this conversation, which I'm sure you will, share it with others. Leave a review and send me a screenshot of it in my email that I'll leave down below. Redbeardoutdoors1 at gmail.com and I will send you something in the mail. Also, I leave links down below to companies that I work with. If you have a beard, no matter what length, you got to keep it moisturized. I love using Affect Beard Oils. Locally made here in Utah. No BS ingredients. Awesome stuff multiple different smells that you can choose from, get the sample pack, see what you like. Um, I've got a discount code down below for them, but make sure you're taking care of that beard. Also, absolute aid for CBD oil. Uh, It's helped me whenever I have those days that a little bit more, I struggle a little bit more on my recovery, whatever it may be. My favorite one is the Recover uh, formula, but they have multiple different ones for calm, relief, uh, sleep, and just go check those guys out. Alpen Fuel, best backcountry meals. You can find them there. Our Heather's Choice for meals or Peak Refuel. Heather's Choice I love because all of their stuff is gluten-free. But alpenfuel.com, you can find all of those there. Save some money with my discount code and uh, and go get stocked up because we're about to start backpacking, guys. Backpacking, camping, and all of that now that spring is ramping up. Uh, for Alpen Fuel, they make the best granola I've ever had. So definitely have to go check that out. My personal favorite is the white chocolate cranberry, I think is the name of it. You guys go check out their different flavors, get one of each and try it out. Um, Anything else down below that I've got, I just want to save you guys some money. So go check out their companies that I trust, I work with, I use, and I wouldn't recommend it if I hadn't already beat up on it or tried it. So that's enough of me talking about companies and awesome people that I work with. Without further ado, here is Jake Arvold. 
All right. We've got a special treat today. We've got my personal Legionnaire coach that works with uh, First Form at headquarters. He also started the First Form Outdoors page on Instagram, uh, which is really how I got involved with First Form out, uh, First Form in general. But we've got Jake Arvold here. Uh, Jake, give us a little introduction about who you are and uh, just kind of Jake in a nutshell. Not not from State Farm, but Jake from First Form. No, no, I wear the blue jeans, right? Like, that's, <laughs> dude, we're going <laughs> to, we got some ideas. We'll be, we're going to be doing some skit stuff with that. So kind of playing <laughs> off of that. But uh, no, dude, I, I appreciate you, you know, having me on the show and everything. Um, you know, it's been awesome getting to know you, another, another brother in the archery field and just the outdoors in general. Um, little on me, it's like, it's weird because I don't like necessarily talking about myself a lot in different areas than that. But, um, you know, I, I'm a pretty simple guy. Uh, I moved down here to St. Louis about three years ago. I'm originally from uh, central Wisconsin, about an hour in from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I feel like that's where most people know. Um, but grew up on a cattle farm, uh, dirt roads, you know, pretty, I would say it was, it was country. My dad, my, I had a lot of friends and family members think my dad was pretty crazy. Cause you know, I was eight years old out running the skid loader, driving the dump truck around, picking up hay bales and everything. Um, growing up on the farm, cutting wood, like had a really, really good upbringing. I would say I'm very blessed to have had the upbringing that I had. Um, you know, especially having a dad, grandfathers, um, just grandparents in general, my can't leave my grandma's out because they dealt with more, <laughs> more stuff than more, most grandmas would ask for. Um, but grew up in, the, the Midwest there, been really here my entire life. My dad actually, uh, a funny thing that kind of led into the whole, the outdoor piece. Um, you know, I was homeschooled all like literally all the way up. Uh, and all the way up to college and I would always find my way into playing off of mom and dad and you know, like, mom would be like, you know, you got to get your homework done and be like, well, dad needs my help up at the shop. Right. Cause we had the farm, we farm corn, soybeans, all that. I'd be like, it's like, oh, all right. Sounds good. I go up to dad and he's like, do you get your homework done? And I was like, yeah, mom. Well, yeah, mom said come up and I could help you. So I played that back and forth. I was not a school guy any way, shape or form there. Um, but I love, I loved hunting, fishing, everything about it. That's like, that was my happy place. Uh, I still, I found it the other day. I actually have a, a notebook where I totally sketched out like the back 40 of our farm where I have every single deer trail, every single watering hole, everything put in there. And this is like when I was 10 years old and it's just, I wish I would have been smart enough to put the date on the pages of like when this actually was, but I have like all my different ideas and plots and that, but, um, long story short, I mean, that's, that's where I grew up. We, we raised beef cattle. Oh man. Up until I was probably, I want to say 11 or 12. And then we ended up, um, dad one day decided we're selling the beef cattle. We ended up, uh, getting all elk, raising elk. Uh, from there we had the elk ranch, elk rock ranch in Midwest Wisconsin there. Years passed, we started Elk Rock Ranch Outfitters up in Northern Wisconsin. And it was always funny because my dad, when he was in college, would go to Colorado hunting with his buddies. And then when I was eight years old, that was the first trip that I ever took out there. Um, and from there, it was always like, why do you go all the way out to Colorado when you got them in your backyard? And it's, I mean, it's the experience overall, 
right? Like there were many years where we'd go out and we wouldn't get anything. You'd pack in, you'd hike, do all that stuff. Um, and that's with all that stuff put out there. Cause I mean, there's, there's so many stories that come into that, you know, years past went out, guided in, in Idaho, did that, came back, started a CrossFit gym, did all that throughout college. And then when I sold my half of the CrossFit gym, I ultimately, I mean, I was connected in with first form. Uh, like I said, I was legionnaire with them and then external rep worked up there, sold my half of the gym to my business partner. Next thing I knew, um, I really, it was in a couple months later, I got offered the position to come down to headquarters here. I've been here a little over three years now. And like I said, finding that gap in the outdoor industry where I think of my dad, my uncles, all, all the blue collar individuals that are like brothers and sisters to me, where it's like, all right, how, if we're as a company, first form in general, like if we're going out and wanting to help as many people as physically possible change their lives and improve their overall lives, mind, body, spirit, the whole nine yards. Well, what are we doing to personally connect with those people? Right? Like I've gone to, I've gone to hundreds of different events at this point in time, met thousands of phenomenal individuals who have literally changed their lives. And I always had this like piece where it's like, I know we could be doing more for individuals of the nature, like, I guess where I, where I came from, right. Moms, dads, uncles, aunts, everything. And it's literally, dude, it, it just clicked with me at one point where it's like, I knew I wanted to be able to create more of a bridge between the fitness side of things and the outdoor like side outdoor community. But if my dad or my uncle look at first form, the regular Instagram page, like we have some phenomenal individuals who love the outdoors, love all these things, but you know, it's not their, their main niche, right. Or their niche, whatever, however you word that one. But I was like, if my dad or uncle look at the main page, they can't build like connect personally there. So I literally sat on, I, I created the first form outdoor page probably three months before I had gone through and actually launched it. I sat on that and um, I was just like trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to do this? What do I need to do? And I just had one of those moments where I'm like, you know, just send it. Like I went through, I posted the first post on that thing. And I'm like, we're going to, we're going to make some waves and we're going to create an impact in the outdoor community unlike anything else. And as soon as I just said, let's go sent that next thing I knew Andy liked the post, like, liked the post and followed the page. And I was like, well, I'm not fired yet. So we're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's, it's, dude, it's been awesome. Like, it's just, it's surreal watching it grow because it's been organic growth the whole yard. I have absolutely no, to this point, like I have absolutely no um, budget or fund or anything. It has been all grassroots individuals like yourself. And honestly, I mean, for me, it's been really, really cool and a lot of fun to be able to connect with just good people. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, no, you're good. So no, it, it's, uh, it's really interesting. And we'll get into the first form outdoor side of things um, here shortly, because I, I, I remember it wasn't that long ago. There was only like 500 followers is when I found it mm -hmm. and I jumped on it and I was like, I want to be a part of this. Right. Yep. And, uh, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later because that's the juicy stuff. And so we'll save that for a little bit later, make people listen a little bit more. <laughs> uh, a little teaser there for you. No, but well, that's awesome. So up in Wisconsin, um, you know, that I've never been to Wisconsin. I just know it's freezing. Um, that's all oh. I've heard from people that have been up there. My, did you see my little brother? I posted on my, my IG, my little brother is stoking the, the stove up there. 
and everything. <laughs> That's awesome. It's just, you can just see the breath. I mean, it might be nine degrees here. I know it's like 20 below up there. Mm, like yep. that's just, it's crazy how much just a couple hours changes it. Yeah. So, so my buddy Clint actually went up to, so Vortex is based out of Wisconsin yep. Yep. and uh, they had an elk shaped camp at the Vortex facility. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so he was like, the warmest it got was seven degrees. <laughs> t-shirt weather. It well, is. Oh my God. It is, it's so funny. He yep. said, he, he said he got off the plane and this guy, like, you got to understand, he's just like, he does everything opposite. Now, you know, Clint, right. Yeah, and so he just, exactly. he never goes with the grain. He's always against the grain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he gets off the airplane and he gets to the, to the rental car place and he's got a sweatshirt on. Um, some sweatpants and some shoes that he never has laced up right and yep. uh probably you know just some skinny socks or whatever and no- nothing else and the lady at the rental car place is like uh you brought another coat right he's like no no she's like <laughs> she's like you're gonna have a miserable time up here <laughs> and he didn't he didn't have another coat he just had oh. his jacket his little sweatshirt yeah <laughs> he didn't know what he was in for that, but that like reminds me of um you ever watch like the uh oh jamaican bobsled team mm. at cool runnings like where they they all of a sudden like <laughs> just walk out from jamaica and they come in it's like a blizzard they're all in shorts and everything and they just come back like that's literally you haven't been to minnesota or wisconsin and you walk out and you're not ready for it it just hits you and you're like oh i made a mistake <laughs> why are people rich yeah, exactly. Seriously, yeah. though, I mean, you don't have much up there, right? <laughs> no, um, but that that's awesome. So you grew up working hard, playing the mon pa game, is what we call it here at our house, is mon pawing us because our kids do that. Maybe not necessarily with school, but you know, dad said no to something, they go to mom, and vice versa. Um, I'd say it was for a decent cause. I don't necessarily condone that, but you know, you're out there trying to work with your dad and be outside. So you know, yeah. it turned out turned out all right. You turned out okay. Uh, I mean, mom says I'm special, so oh, I mean, I don't know in what, in what way, shape or form, but <laughs> maybe she'll elaborate on that one day, <laughs> one day, probably like she's still probably praying about me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you grew up, uh, fishing, hunting. Um, you just recently got into shooting bows, didn't you? No, I've, I, I no, I've been shooting bow for years. Um, okay. I bought, bought my first bow, man. I was probably 12, no, 11 years old. Okay. 12 years old. I think it was 12 years old because I shot this is where I wish I would have had like cameras or pictures and that. Cause I literally, um, we used to have this little Chevy sprint went up to our, our cabin in that. And a little front wheel driven car. I mean, 12 years old. That was essentially like my four wheeler. One of my dad's friends gave it to us. I mean, this is the funny stuff, man. Like we, we literally, this car, a buddy of my dad's gave it to my brother and I, and it was all rusted underneath all the gas lines. So of course, you know, in true farm fashion, figure it out, right? Like we're going to, we're going to, if you guys haven't watched red and green show or anything before, like definitely watch that. It's well worth it on YouTube. But I took a, a gas tank from a boat and ratchet strapped it to the roof. And we ran gas lines down to the motor, got it going. And that thing would be the Baja rig through the woods. Um, had a blast. <laughs> Literally, we took that. I'd take that out to the stands and pretty much go anywhere. But I shot, shot my first eight point uh, little basket rack and everything with my dad. 
and I was by myself and um, in the stand because I dropped dad off at his stand first and then I went to mine and called it in with doing like a bleat with my mouth. I ended up shooting it and dude, I was, I mean, that's, you know, those first jitters you have, I'll never forget that moment in my life. I was shaking like a leaf and I literally got out of the stand so quick. I don't even remember where I hit the deer or anything. I just know I had shot. Right. And the deer ran off and I thought I saw it go down in that, but I was so excited. I literally left my bow in the stand, <laughs> jumped out. I don't even remember climbing out of the tree, got in the car and ripped out of the field and went to go get my dad and my dad wasn't in the tree stand. So then it was like another 10 minutes, 15 minutes trying to figure out where he was. Cause it's like past dark now. And it was, it, I've been, been bow hunting for a good, good little minute and everything, but been adventures. That's for sure. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. And, uh, I, I just, I can't imagine that first time, you know, you were 11, you said, right. Or how yeah. old were you? Yeah. So you were yeah, 11. When you it was, I want to say, cause back then, if we were, I mean, in Wisconsin, you can hunt when you're eight years old, as long mm -hmm. as you're within like distance of your, your dad or, you know, mm -hmm. your, your, um, your elder there. Uh, I want to say I was 11 or 12 at that point in time. I can't remember exactly where I was. I'm sure my, if I asked my dad, I'd know exactly where it is. So, and you were able to recover the deer even yeah. after you left it and didn't track yeah, I was, it properly. I was, so, I was so amped. Like it was, I blacked out. And, um, the, when I, we came back and my dad's like, all right, I'm like, I went and I found him and he's like, all right, calm down. I'm like, no, get in the car. We need to go find this buck. Like I was <laughs> jazzed. And, uh, we finally, um, he got in, he's like, all right, well, do you have your knife? Do you have your tag? All that stuff trying to go through. And I'm like, my heart's going 10,000 miles an hour. Like dad, get in the car. He's trying to calm me down. And, uh, we, we end up going back out and literally, uh, put a, put an awesome shot on the, the buck went through a double lunged it. I remember that. Um, and it went probably, I think it was like not even 60 yards into the wood line and had toppled over right there. Just, just went over the crest of the hill of where the stand was. And then that was, I was pumped. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, that, that's really sweet. I, uh, um, I, I was going to give you some crap about the, the size of your deer, but it being an eight point, I'd say it's pretty decent size. I mean, it was a cute little basket rack. Like you I couldn't mean, carry him out over your I shoulder, still, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Easy. Easy now. Okay. <laughs> you redeemed yourself. <laughs> I'm not even going to give that one any, any, any leeway. Uh, at that time, the thing was a mega buck. There you go. There you go. No, I mean that's a bigger white tail than I've ever shot. I've never shot a white tail, so I'd I'd love to go out and hunt um back east in North Carolina and and uh you know get up in a tree stand or a ground blind or something. And um yeah, growing up, like I did a lot of fishing mm -hmm. and I have a, a, a lifetime hunting and fishing license in North Carolina awesome. um that my grandpa bought for me when I was born. That's so I guess he knew that I was gonna be an outdoorsman. Um but but yeah, so I, I used the fishing a lot, um, yeah. but I didn't really have anyone that would go hunting with me necessarily, or that knew enough about it to, uh, yeah. to teach me. And then the one time I did go with a rifle sitting in a, it was an elevated stand. So I don't know what those are called. It, was a, it wasn't a tree stand, but not a ground blind. It was a, 
and I don't know, elevated blind. Is that what Elevate, they call them? Yeah. Uh, like a box stand. Yeah. There you go. Like yeah, a box like blind. A, I think like go. a box blind. Yeah. Box blind. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and it just felt like shooting lanes. You know, there's like a salt lake down here. There was feed down here and those, and I'm like, I, I can't do this. Like, this isn't, if I want to go target shoot, I'm going to go to the range, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then I got into bow hunting out here and like rifle hunting out West to me is a huge deal. Cause you can actually stretch it out. Mm -hmm. Um, but bow hunting out East seems like a lot of fun and I'm excited, I'm excited to, to delve into that a little bit more and go back out East and, and do that. But yeah. I don't know. I mule deer are awesome. Um, out here and I, I love them. They're, they're not anything to me like elk, but mm -hmm. I know that people, and I can imagine sitting in the stand for hours on end and then all of a sudden i mean it goes zero to 100 just as quick right. sitting in that stand um yeah. i mean you had that experience you still have those experiences so oh yeah i mean that's the the 10 point i shot this year like i went through i i bought all the different like camera gear and everything and it happened so fast i couldn't even turn a single thing on like it was within a matter of seconds next thing i knew there he was Literally. Yeah, your rig your rig looked like a google car man had like cameras pointing on every angle. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, I was trying to catch every single angle that I could. I was like, all right, first year trying to do the whole like self-filming thing. And well, we, we learned, learned a good handful of different stuff along the way. You need to find a way to do the voice activation to like, <laughs> so you're at full draw. Yeah, that's actually, that's a brilliant idea. I don't know if that's possible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try and figure that out because that would be, that would have been clutch right <laughs> that's awesome and that was a that was a really good buck i know we were giving you crap about you know it, it, anyway i won't even go down that rabbit hole but we were giving you crap this year and oh, it, you know hey, i'll take it i'll take it, it you filled good. the freezer that's all that matters right on those yep. on the smaller ones but uh but yeah man you that was an awesome buck you had this year um walk us through a little bit more about that about your your journey this year with uh your 10 pointer what did you end up naming him or you didn't have enough time to you know, it was the, the buck that I actually like, so this year was, it was unique. And honestly, like the last couple of years have been really, really unique, you know, moving down to Missouri, uh, first year that I actually lived down here, I didn't go out hunt. I, I didn't hunt at all. It was a new job, new area. I was so focused in on what I was doing here and trying to get, you know, myself settled. My wife and I did 11 months apart we weren't even married yet, like fiance, everything. She was planning the wedding back up in Wisconsin. And I was trying to figure out all my stuff down here. And uh, so I really, I didn't hunt, fish, do anything the entire time I was here. And then it was that second year um, would have been like, all right, I need to get in the woods, right? Like the, the woods, honestly, like I, I love whitetail hunting. Um, I love whitetail hunting, turkey hunting. I mean, anything really outdoor related. Um, but my heart really falls into the, the elk hunting side of things. That's always just been my happy place, top of the mountains and that, um, but just being outside in general. And, and I could tell, like, I had this little bit of anxiousness, like, all right, working really hard, doing everything that needs to be done. But I was lacking the things that really refueled me, right? Like just recharged me more or less. And my, to my wife, like, you know, it's kind of that, that, uh, those moments in time where I'll be like, Hey babe, you know, it's like four in the morning. I'm like, you want to go on a blind date, right? Like, you know, go out in the blind together in that she thinks you're like, you're so dumb. Like, no, let's do like an afternoon hunt. 
but she's still like, it's those moments to be able to get her out. Um, and I started going out and hunting, but, uh, that first year, um, you know, it's my first time ever doing public land hunting. And honestly, like in the beginning, it was, I won't, I don't want to say it's stressful, but it gave me a, a, a huge perspective of what a lot of people who are not used to hunting could struggle with. Right. And, you know, fear of breaking law, fear of, you know, trespassing of, of all these different scenarios that could go on. And really that was another factor that played into the whole first form outdoors piece to it is like, all right, I want to have a piece to where I'm someone who's pretty well versed in all of it to be able to go give back to that and help showcase those different experiences. Right. And allow to get more people outdoors, more people experience more of the outdoors. And so it was cool. It was honestly, you know, <laughs> first year. And this is where, I mean, all that kind of goes is I went out, I was hunting some public land. Um, I had a brand new lone wolf tree stand. Uh, I just got that a climber, uh, had got a brand new, uh, blind and just kind of got some more gear. Cause a lot of my other stuff is still up, you know, in Wisconsin and everything that I just, I left up and moved everything down and went out. It was probably second weekend hunting. Uh, I left my climber out public land. I'm like, ah, you know, everyone's going to be good. I'm, I'm someone like, I like to leave benefit of the doubt. Like I'm going to, I look at the good in everyone and anyone out there. And, uh, you know, I'm like, you know what? I've walked past many different stands as I'm out here. I've never thought once to steal someone's stand, take it down, vandalize it, anything like that. So I'm like, all right, well, and I'm in the middle, like I'm way back in there. I set this thing straight flat to the bottom of the ground. I kind of hide it a little bit, right? And I walk out and it pours rain the next day, pours rain the next day. So I didn't go out for a few days. And then the next time I walk back in there, it's gone. And I'm like, I'm, I am dumbfounded. I'm like looking around, like, did I, am I losing my mind? I'm like, where did this thing go? And then I found the, the rope, the tow rope and everything up. And I was like, they literally took the tow rope off and took the stand out of the woods. And I'm like, I was, Dude, I wasn't, I honestly, I wasn't even mad. Like there was part of me, I'm like, I was so surprised that it happened. I was kind of like in shock. And then as I'm going, I'm like, well, I guess I'm just still hunting from here on out kind of thing. Like going to go through, I found a, an old cedar tree and everything. And I just climbed my little, you know, happy ass up in that thing. And, uh, and just did it the old, old school way of doing it. Uh, but I, and I kept thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, you know what? I hope they need it more than I did. Um, same thing. <laughs> My wife, uh, bless her heart, she's like, I told you you shouldn't have left it out there. And I was like, okay, you're right. I get it. But again, that was another piece to where it's like, okay, why? Right? As outdoorsmen, men and women alike, like, do we have to do better? Right? We have to do better at respecting people's property. If, you know, I think of someone, if, if that would have been my first time in the woods, right? Dude, that would have ruined the entire hunting experience for me. Right. And that's, that's what ultimately, I mean, there's so many different layers and facets to the whole first form outdoor piece, but it's like being like creating a better outdoor community starts with us as individuals being better outdoorsmen. So that, that was kind of the first step where things kind of happened and started branching that out. I got out into the woods more, did that, but our stand was stolen. I literally, for the rest of the season, I just, uh, I just climbed trees. I literally would go through, I'd climb trees and I'd pop down in that. Um, and then it led into the second year. I actually found some more land, 
uh, to where I could go hunt. I actually get in, got on on a, um, a draw hunt uh, for like a specialty zone and everything here outside of St. Louis. Because again, I this is the first time I've ever public hunted before. It was always, I used to have farms or friends of family, like a lot of different land to be able to use. So now I had to like figure out where can I go and where am I not in someone's backyard kind of thing, right? And make, being very respectful in that. And uh, yeah, I would... It, it, it's been cool because even at like the trailheads, you go in the morning and I'd be like, you see someone in the morning and most of them are like kind of keeping themselves and all that stuff. I like, I'd walk up and be like, Hey man, how's it going? I'm that guy. Right. Like shake their hands. Like, what's your name? John, John, I'm Jake. And it's like, well, what direction are you going? Cause it's like, I don't want to go whatever way you're going. Like, where do you want to go? Like, is it your first time? Like how long you've been hunting? He's like, well, I'm going over this way. It's like, right, well, I'll go that way. I don't care. I just like getting out in the woods, even if he's heading the same way that I was going to go. Right there. I, I met last year. I met, there was at least six, six individuals that it was their first time ever out hunting. And I actually would go through, I said, Hey, I know you're heading that way, but honestly, like I was going to go right over here and I show them on, on my little map and everything where I'm at, pull up the app. I said, if you go right into here, this is where they like to go through and run. And I'd try to go through and push them over to that zone. I'm like, I've shot a good handful of different big bucks and I'll go in a different direction. If I could get you on one. Awesome. Right. So that was, that was my experience last year. And then when I got into this new zone, dude, there is a mega buck out there. I call him hammer. Like it, every single time he walks through the woods, like it's hammer time. And I'm like, I am going to get you. I saw him a total of four different occasions and I swear like he'd be here. So then I'd move to be in a better position there. And then he'd be over here. I'm like, you are just you're too smart for me. Or I'm just, I'm just really, really dumb. Right. So <laughs> we would play this hopscot game back and forth. And um, literally the, and this is something like a lot of people don't know, but the buck that I, I ended up getting, it was, it was two days before the end of the season for me to be able, or for that zones season. Right. So I literally, I had like, if I wanted to get one in this zone, I needed to make it happen like this weekend. And I was like, all right, if I find a couple bucks, cause I had seen a couple others that came through and I let some like a decent nine and another shorter rack 10 walk because there, and I don't know if you see like my Instagram, but there, I had like the rubs and everything. And that like hammer had that entire ridge just paneled like that was his zone and so I literally I, I sat down I was in a good position I knew where he was coming from in between like him from his bedding to feeding and everything in the morning and it was just a matter of yeah, at what point of this ridge does he cross over right and um, it just so happens this buck it was late rut and uh, ended up coming out chasing a doe out of nowhere and it was split second it wasn't hammer and I hadn't I hadn't seen this buck before and I don't know how far he had traveled so I didn't name him um but as soon as I shot that buck I sat there good 20 minutes let it go and I kind of watch it all happen guess who walks across the top of the ridge right right <laughs> after I just let the arrow go at 83 yards okay and I, I like of course I wanted to just get a better look at him, but the buck I shot, like 
literally would fit inside and is half the height of Hammer. Like he is a giant and I am, I'm going to get him. Like he's out there. I, I don't care if I can draw, draw the zone again, I'm going to do everything I can to get back in there because I know where he's at, what he's doing and we'll see. So I'm coming for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, I haven't quite got to that point in my hunting career to where, you know, I can have a specific animal pinpointed, right? Like I don't have uh, that under my belt. I just want it one with elk. I want to kill a bull. I haven't killed a bull yet. Um, Do you, you've been close though, man. I know. I I know I'm over here in Wisconsin, but like you going out every single weekend and that I'm like this guy, like, I can't wait. I'm just waiting for the text and the call of like, Hey, bull down. Like I was, I was, and you'll come help me pack it out. Right. All the way from. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Like that would be, I would be tickled to death for that. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's my goal for this year is, uh, I'm just staying in Utah. Um, Mm. and because of, you know, finishing up school, getting some financial goals knocked out, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and so I'm going to stick in Utah for most of my hunts. I might go do antelope with my kids up in Wyoming, but, um, but next year and the year after and the year after I'm planning on doing some, some out of state hunts and getting some, some mega bulls down. But anyway, uh, off of, off of that and back to this, this, that's awesome that you were, um, that you were so patient, first of all, that you let some walk. I, again, I'm not to that point where I can just let, like, if it's got antlers, it's down, you know, it's down, uh, right. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and so that's kind of where I'm at, but uh, I think that's so cool. I, I think that's awesome. And I was, I was really happy that you were able to get that, uh, that buck down, you know, even though it might not have been the buck that you wanted. Right. And, and of course he teased you at 83 yards, which oh, I don't, it, it was one of the, it's like, it was a magical moment because it's like, it was, it, it felt like it was, it couldn't have been a better like movie scene. Right. Like it just happened so cinematically, like just the way like the, the sun was coming up because I shot my buck at seven, it was like seven sixteen. So it wasn't, it wasn't even late in the day yet. Right. It was still pretty early in the morning. It happened like that. And then, yep. He walked across like the sun's still kind of coming up and everything. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's so cool. And I mean, there's a reason why he's gotten to the age he has, Yeah, you know, 100%. he knows what he's doing and 83 yards. I mean, I maybe correct me on this, but 83 yards through the trees is probably not a feasible shot, right? Like he was just out of your range probably. Yeah. At that, at that point with that kind of buck, like I'm, I'm very confident to take a buck at 60 yards at that point. And it's like where I was, my stand is uh, I'm, butted right up next to a cedar, like a cedar hollow and everything there. And then the ridge behind me is all hardwoods, right? So can I shoot out to 80? Sure. Am I going to shoot at a buck like that at 80? Probably not. Like that's just something like that for me, I want to know that I'm going to have a good, good solid shot on a buck like that. And honestly, just any, any animal. Um, Cause it's, I would, I would feel horrible going through and uh, wounding something like that. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the thing, like a lot of people talk about this too. It's really interesting to me to hear um, people get upset about these long range shots, right? Like attack and stuff like that, where you're shooting past a hundred yards, 
with your bow. And like for me, and I love the people that do it re responsibly, right? Like I'm not going out and looking for deer past 60. Like I'm, you know, I'm looking for them, okay. but I'm not going to be shooting past 60 yards. And I no. set myself like that hard stop because you can get into situations like yours where you're like, well, I didn't really set a hard stop. And ah, like I nail targets at 80 yards every day. He's yeah. only at 83 yards. Like I could totally do this. I'm dialed in. And like you start convincing yourself while you're there. And, and I, I love that you mentioned that, that, you know, you, you wouldn't go past 60 because yeah. you don't want to wound the animal. Well, and that you think about, about it, like I, I look at those kind of shots and I've had, you know, even shots at 60, right. That it's one, one little thing there, like one little thing goes wrong. Next thing you know, you wound the animal or, you know, it's, uh, you miss the animal, like where, wherever it's at. Like, man, it could be as small. And I've literally, I've missed a, a couple phenomenal bucks because of a twig that's the size of a pencil is sticking across a lane that you don't even know is there, right? So it, within that 60 yards, like it just, you're much, you're going to be a lot more capable of doing it. I, I love the fact that you like mentioned like tack or, you know, I, I think of tack and shooting that kind of range and i can see where there's like controversy in that and just people not kind of understanding but and i mean even just looking at individuals like cam right like going out shooting 100 plus yards like i friggin i love it because imagine if you're accurate at 100 yards right and you can make that happen dude 60 yards is nothing right how much better is your confidence at that range so i think it's awesome yeah, exactly. And that, and that's the thing too, is like, that's why I said responsibly, because there's people that want to make it look cool and they, they want to say, Oh, I shot a deer at X, Y, Z yardage. And, you know, that's the other thing. One of the main reasons why I got into archery over rifle is because I love that close experience. It's harder. You have to be more physical. You have to be paying attention to your, your movement. Um, what, you know, what they can see, what they can hear and what they can smell. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you have to have at least two of those in your favor or you're, you're done, you know? And so, um, getting in really close is definitely, definitely hard, but for me, it's a lot more rewarding. And I, I love that too, that you're talking about twigs and anything that could be in the way. Um, you just never know. You really don't. And, and so for me, um, something, you know, and I I've told this story, I don't know how like once or twice, and I think we've talked about it, but, um, I didn't just have a twig in the way I had a freaking log. <laughs> <laughs> for my for my those, spike those kind of jump out of nowhere don't they i know right i know oh my goodness no but so you know i was holding that full draw and i i seriously i went back and watched the video i don't know how many times it was almost two full minutes that i was at full draw and and like you know you think about it, it's not it doesn't seem like a ton and i'd been practicing for that like i'd practice mm -hmm. the one minute hold and then start your process and like i i'd incorporated all that but i didn't think about the ranging portion of it and so I had ranged him when he was frontal on me at 30 yards. And then this little spike walks down and they're such big animals. Like it, I, I guess I just, my eyes were playing tricks on me, whatever. But like, I thought he'd gone straight horizontal, but he'd gone horizontal and down 15 yards. And, and so, you know, I had the 30 pin on him, you know, I was like between the 30, 35 ish area. And, yep. uh, you know, I shot and all I heard was that log the elk bolted <clears throat> and I went over and had a buddy of mine stand in the spot where the elk was 45 yards. I'm like, like, and I know my 40 pin was on the log, right? Cause like I had to thread it just over the log to hit the, the vitals where I wanted. 
And so uh, it, it's just crazy. All the different factors that can play the twigs, the logs that just jump out of nowhere, um, you know, <laughs> but mainly the ranging. So like after that, and I even talked with Dan about this. Um, and I told him, I was like, I set myself a hard, another hard stop after that. I wish I'd done it before, but like, if I don't have time to range, I don't have time to shoot period. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and it, it's hard. It, it does make it harder when you've got those experiences where they just walk out of nowhere on you. Um, but it goes it back to the, well, go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to say it goes, it goes back to the ethics of it, of you, you know, if, even if the log hadn't been there, I would have hit him low, mm -hmm. you know, it right. would have hit him just probably in the brisket. It would have injured him. And who knows what I probably wouldn't have recovered it. Or maybe I would have, would have had right. to take another shot. He would have suffered like so many things would have gone into it. If that log hadn't blocked that shot, um, yeah. I could have hit one leg. He would have limped off, maybe, you know, gotten better. I don't know. Um, but it, it definitely plays a big, the ethics of it play, play a huge role. It does. No, I, I agree with that. Having like those hard stops and kind of knowing where, where your boundaries are there. And this is something that um, it, it's funny because I haven't really talked talked about this before but just kind of talking about that brought it up is you know when I first started shooting my first bow and everything my dad said one he, he made me because we had like the round bales on the farm right and that's like what my backstop was I wasn't that wasn't buying me a target I had a hair a hay bale right so my target was you know essentially like a paper plate and I had to be able to go through and put eight arrows in that paper plate before he allowed me to go out and hunt right at the at the yardage but back then like we didn't have you know a range finder that wasn't a thing back then right so the big piece and this is something i mean i i still go through and practice and i also encourage like anyone else to is you know to put down the range finder but also have that intuitive shooting right figure out where those ranges are because if we become so like so dependent on that piece of machinery, right? Then it's like, okay, well, we can't do anything. It's kind of, I think of it as like people with a GPS, like what happened topographical maps, right? Like knowing how to read a map, what happens if your, your GPS is down or something's going on? So I think there's, there is a lot of value in, okay, yes, maybe go through, double check with the range finder, but like that's something where it's like, all right, that's 20 yards, take a shot, was it 20? Cool. 30 yards, take a shot, range it, like practice that, figuring out that range overall. Um, that's something that I, that's always, dad made me do it back in the day. And it's something that's stuck with me for a long time. And I, I guess I, I do it without even, I guess, even talking about it, but I could see where that's something that a lot of people become very dependent on the range finders. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I definitely, I started doing that as well um, after the season incorporating that into my training, you know, kind of guessing yardages. And I think I kind of screwed myself over because I have a third size elk target. Um, and so it, it, the size difference is even in that oh. spike, like it was just it's so drastic. It looked yeah. like, you know, about the size of my third size elk target, mm -hmm. but it was obviously further back because it looked smaller, you know? And right. so yeah. um, just things like that, you know, just gotta, just gotta pay attention to it. And, and, and that's another thing that I love about archery like with, with rifles and I I'm looking at, I'd love to get a, a nicer rifle and go on some nicer hunts with a rifle eventually. Um, but that that's a whole nother aspect of archery that I love about it, that you, you're always tinkering, 
right? You're always doing something. You can always improve on something. Like I thought my grip was good because I don't really touch the front of the riser except for like my index finger. Like I've got all my other fingers out. I can move them freely. And then I watched a video recently from uh, MFJJ, you know, from the elk shape guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and he talks about practicing that no fingers touch the riser and don't grab your bow after you shoot. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> had that to my list of things that I need to work on. Right. And so I started doing it and like my groups tightened back up again. Cause I was thinking, I'm like, Hey, maybe I need to get new strings, but I had just gotten lackadaisical with my grip gotcha. and they just tightened right back up yeah. to the point where I had to stop shooting groups again, because I'm worried about breaking the more arrows. So <laughs> like it, it adds up quick. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. I'm uh, in the process of building a new bow out and um, getting some new arrows. And I'm like looking at the bill. I'm like, I don't mind it, but um, <clears throat> my wife might. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. hey, we were talking about hey, what she doesn't know in the beginning <laughs> a little bit earlier. Like, she's finally on days. board. She's finally on board with it. But yeah, like the first time I brought it up to her, she's kind of like, uh, "What?" <laughs> I know. I got. I have to. I got her. Of course, just um, ended up getting her set up. Like my wife Tina with uh, one of the the mission crossbows and everything. Just kind of get her at least in the the blind and shooting and uh it, it's just cool it's cool to be able to get her out in the woods doing that stuff i know she wants to go through and get a compound um so i definitely want to be able to do that stuff it was kind of like a last minute thing this year i'm like we're gonna get a tag we're gonna get some meat in the freezer if you get tags that means that we can just we can put more of this in there and really move towards like one of our big things is like we'd like to move more towards like being self-sustained and in, in wild game and doing that so she wants to be able to play a play a big role in that so that's awesome yeah i just want to i want to uh, let people know out there he's not saying a different it's not a different word for it out in missouri it says wisconsin accent it's tags t-a-g-s um, oh, <laughs> okay up there on the roof Right. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I get picked How up. How did I go? I literally thought that getting onto this call, like I'm going to get so much shit for my accent. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw that one in there. I get picked on for saying orange all the time. Cause my orange. wife's like, there's no a, there's no a I'm like, yeah, but it makes the joke better. You know, the knock, knock banana joke. Like if yeah. you say orange, you glad, no, it's orange. You glad, orange you glad it didn't say banana. Right. It makes more sense. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but so I, I actually kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about that too, as far as getting your wife, because uh, mm -hmm. like, I know you moved from Wisconsin, so you don't have a ton of family around you in, in Missouri, um, yeah. but you've got your wife, you and your wife seem pretty close. She deals mm -hmm. with a lot of your bull crap. Uh, it seems nicely anyway. And she like to give it back, you know, about paper towels and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, like, how do you get her how do you get her outdoors? Like what, has she grown up that way or is that kind of evolved? No. So, you know, it's actually, um, it's funny. She's very, I, I have to give her a lot of props because she's very, very open to anything and everything. Right. Um, at least trying new things. And, you know, that's something that I'm just very fortunate to have an individual like that. I'm just like, all right, yeah, try, try different things. Right. Uh, and it's, it's being tactful, right? Like in, in this side of things, just as like the husband and it, it's like, I'm not going to force it upon anyone. Right. Because actually she grew, she grew up in a family where like 
the the outdoor side of things like her dad and her brothers would do stuff but because she was the girl she was like left out or like no you're not doing that right or you know from different conversations I've had about it with her to where she'd go out fishing with her dad and it was just kind of like it's nothing against her dad and that like they've come come a very long ways in different areas but made the experience just not as enjoyable right to where it almost put a bad taste in her mouth right so then you know when we started dating back in the day it was well if you want to hang out with me right we're going out fishing in the canoe right and, or we'd take you know a camping trip up to you know the boundary waters um it's or, even know, more of a testament to her man if you, she was willing at that early on in the relationship to go out in the canoe with you and be stuck going fishing like trust me we did some stuff <laughs> like i mean there's that that's a whole that'd be a whole nother we could have a podcast solely on the stuff we've had i've put her through in that's our awesome. relationship <laughs> um but you know doing that i was always like I, I love her to death and you know she's been a huge supporter in what i've gone through and done and it really is a testament because there is a very big backstory to where you know when i first when we first got together, she took a job in Florida. And I, I told her if she wouldn't take this job, because it was like her dream job. I said, if you don't take the job, I'm breaking up with you. And this is about six months into us being together. Right. And because I was the only reason she was staying back. She wouldn't say it, but it was the truth. Right. And I said, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if, if I wasn't here, she would take her dream job. Right. So I'm, I just removed myself from this, the equation. I said, I'm breaking up with you if you don't take the job. You take the job, figure it out, we'll do long distance. I got the gym, we're doing all this stuff. And this is all before first form or any of these things. And did that. And then when I was offered the job to first form, right? Like she did that whole thing, came back. But when I was offered the job at first form, I was had a conversation. I said, so you'll never guess what happened. You gotta understand, like we had literally just bought a house like this duplex that I was renovating, gutting all out. And from there, she um, uh, had that. We literally, I just proposed to her. We had just signed on a wedding venue area, said, yeah, I got offered a job down at headquarters. Right. And they want me there in three months. She's like, oh, well, I guess you're taking the job or I'm breaking up with you. Oh, you, you, right? So it, it totally flipped this piece, and she's always been one to where it's like her her love language is very much quality time, right? And being able to do those things. So, and she knows that the outdoors is a big piece for me. So, in that quality time, and this isn't saying I don't do things with her, but she like going out when I joke about like blind dates. She doesn't necessarily go out there to go shoot a deer or do those things, but more or less to be able to have that experience with me and just be able to share those moments and memories overall. I'm super pumped because I can't wait for her to get the first deer because I know how much of like, that'll just hook her in even more into that experience because you, you really don't know how to express that until you've experienced it. Right. And, um, that's for her, it's been just one little thing after another of not forcing it upon her, but Hey, if you want to come, I'd love to have you. Right. And that's where it was the joke with like the blind date side of things, or, you know, she actually, she loves, loves camping and doing that stuff. Like, so camping leads into camping and fishing, camping and fishing leads into camping and hunting. And like, it's just one little thing after another. Um, 
I will say she's been very lenient on my extensive hunting gear collection, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is probably going to grow even more soon, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, you gotta, you gotta put it out there. I'm like, babe, I need this. This is like business side of things. This is doing it. Like, like I said, it's, uh, I mean, even with the, the first form outdoor piece, like I, it has been there, I don't have a budget for it, which is the cool piece. Like I'm not doing this to where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get stuff to have all that stuff paid for. Like, I truly, I just love doing it. I'm like, well, this just gives me more an excuse now to go through and get these different things so I can do what I love to do there. And honestly, bring more and more people into it, dude. I, I had uh, Sean, who's another coach here at headquarters. I literally just gave him my old bow. <laughs> he literally gave him my old bow. I had a, we tinkered with it, shot it this weekend. We're going to go get it like sighted in and actually size to him and everything works some things, but perfect bow for him to start with. Right. And, uh, gave him some arrows, got the sight, got the, the rest, everything there. And he just started shooting and he's hooked. Like that's doing that stuff and being able to pass those kind of things on. Uh, it just, it makes me smile. So he did shoot. He said, he, he, uh, talked to me the next day after he shot it because he took uh videos put it on his instagram of him shooting his target he's like yeah i already lost an arrow said i don't know where it, i heard it hit the fence i don't know where it went i'm like oh good it's probably in the neighbor's house <laughs> like like all right backstop like at least there's a fence there <laughs> so well hopefully that's a mystery aerial arrow we'll probably find in a few months <laughs> If you heard the dog stop barking, like, like <laughs> <laughs> I don't, all right. Well, <clears throat> you didn't get it from me. That's all I, know. I don't know where the, I never heard of this guy in my life. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome, man. Well, that's so cool. You know what? And that's, that's a big thing with, you know, uh, my brand is getting the family involved. Dude. So family and fitness, the outdoors and uh, I'm sorry, family, faith, fitness, and the outdoors are my yep big three things and, and incorporating all three of those things for me makes for a happy life. And you don't yeah. even have to go as far as in depth as to like whitewater rafting and three or four days camping, or like you just get outside every day with your family, go to the park, you yep. know, go run around, go play soccer, do something, soak up some sun rays. That's what you need. Right. Amazing. And, like what fresh, like some fresh air will do for people. Right. It's awesome. Now, I don't know about that. Cause I'm um, here in Woods Cross. We don't really get fresh air. It kind of sucks, but like <laughs> when it's, cold, it's cold enough here. It's pretty fresh. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, especially this time of year when it's cold, like it pushes all that, uh, the heavier air of the smog yeah. down into this bowl that we're sitting in. Really? It's so nasty. Yeah. The inversion is just terrible around this time of year. But if I could get rid of the, the stupid train tracks, and the uh the inversion and the, the bad air quality like woods cross would be dang near perfect yeah, um you know awesome. i might want to have a bigger yard but other than that you know uh <laughs> but yeah yeah i i totally agree with you man it's um it's awesome to get family outside and and the fact that she didn't grow up that way it mm -hmm. sucks that she had that experience growing up and like i've i've tried to avoid that with my daughters almost i don't push them but like my daughter, you know, when I've gotten my turkey, she's like, Hey, can I help pluck the feathers? And she's, you know, she's five. Yep. And so, um, you know, I show them, we cut open the gizzard and I showed them what's in the gizzard, like how, with the different parts and stuff like yep. that. Um, I made my boys when they went out antelope hunting with me this, this year, um, they helped me clean the animal. Yeah. Um, so they could see where it all came from. It doesn't just magically appear in the freezer. Um, <laughs> right. 
which I mean, that's a lot of people think that, right? Like, I think that's a big part of the, the, the educational piece. And I, I see that, you know, we see it more now, um, you know, as just, I feel like the, the outdoor community is growing and it's becoming more aware is like, you know, we're not just a bunch of people out there just shooting stuff, right? Yeah. Like there's very much a bigger reason behind it. And to be able to go through and share and show, okay, the experience of it, but then also where, where does this go, right? Like how it goes through and ultimately you're able to utilize it for your families, feed your families, right? Um, you know, that's I think a big piece when it comes to trying to bridge that gap between people who don't hunt, yep. right? Sharing that stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and so just kind of, you know, going towards the first form outdoor side of things here in this conversation, I, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, and it's, I'm big into hunting. I'm not a huge fisherman. I like to, whenever I have the chance, like when we're camping in the summer, um, I like fishing, but my big thing is like, I can shoot my bow every day. Right. So that's a big part of who I am, but it does incorporate, you know, the fishing, hiking, backpacking, um, just being fit for the outdoors, uh, all of that into the, that branch, that page in this, this part of first form um, yeah. that I think is, is key because like what you were saying, where if you were a brand new hunter and someone stole your tree stand, you would think that all hunters were that way. Exactly. You know, if you're out here out West and you go to a trailhead, and someone whips in behind you and runs up in front of you and cuts you off and, and takes the spot that you were going to go to, like, you know, instead of like you and me, where we're like, okay, cool. I'll go to the other part of the mountain or the mm -hmm. other part of the woods, or I'll go buy a new tree stand um, and not leave it out this time. Uh, you know, just instead of that, you know, that's what our experience is. There's a lot of first timers that don't have that. Like Tina, your wife, she's got you that has all this experience and you can teach her what it is to be an ethical hunter, what it is to enjoy being outside. You, she has you. And I had a really good mentor, my best friend, Brent, who, yeah. if it wasn't for him, I, I'd be back in North Carolina. I would have never met you. I would yeah. not be so in love with the mountains out here. I would not be a hunter. I'd be back in North Carolina, probably being a physical therapist um, right. or suffering through some more school or whatever. But like, it's crazy to think how much one person can change the experience for other people, you know? And so having that mentorship and having that page where, where you're sharing other people that are good hunters, good ethical hunters, fishermen, outdoorsmen, uh, that, that can mentor other people mm -hmm. because I've had people come to me from the first form outdoors page or vice versa. They've gone to first form outdoors through my page mm -hmm. because they want to be interactive with that group. They yeah. want to have a good group, a good community, because they probably don't have that where they're at. And social media has been able to link everyone together that way. You know, that's, and this is where it comes down. I, I, I don't want to be super long-winded and everything, because I, I can definitely go off on different, rat, get go down the rabbit hole kind of thing in this. But this is where like the, the big passion piece in it comes down to me is, Dude, those, those negative traits that people exhibit, like those aren't just things that they do naturally, right? Like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And it literally comes down to where these are learned traits. These are things that they've, like you said, you've had a great mentor who went through, showed you how to do it, do it right, right? I'm very fortunate and blessed the ability to have grandparents like mine and my dad, mom, to go through and be those, those role models there, right? leave it better than you found it, 
right? Go through and actually, you know, take care of your neighbor in that sense. Like there's a lot of different morals and things that I feel like we've kind of lost, not just in the hunting community, but as a society in a whole. But, you know, when I, I look at this page and that's why it's never been about, I want to go out and just sell stuff. Right. Like, and that's, that's one of the big things. Like I want to make sure anyone gets a, a message through here is like supplements are tools, guys. Like they're there to go through and help fill gaps. That's it. Right. Like wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, that's what it is. The, like the entire page, the first form outdoor community and what we're doing and where we're going, like it is based around being someone who is leading by example. And it doesn't matter where, where your age is. Right. Because you might have, you might be introducing people who are older than you to the outdoors. You might have individuals that are younger than you. So you think about the generations before you and the generations of you be like behind you, it solely comes down to leading by example for all of those individuals. Cause people are watching, right? How are you, how are you entering the woods at the trailhead, right? How are you leaving your campsite? I can't tell you how many times, like every single time I walk through the woods, I'll find beer cans, soda cans, I'll find garbage or trash, like water bottles filled with water water bottles, right? Like think about it. It's like, dude, okay. One, and this, this is where, again, it comes down to leading by example is now you're no better than the individual that left the water bottle there. If you leave the water bottle there, because you might not have been the one who left it there, but as far as I know, if you left it, right, you were the one who actually put it there. Right. So leaving it better than you found it comes down to making sure we're going through and setting that example. And it doesn't just come into hunting, right? Like that page and that community, like, and I have it just kind of like within there, it's, it's hunting, fishing, camping, off-road, all things encompassing the outdoors to where dude, if we want to be able to have these lands for generations to come, if we, and we can go all the way in like conservation and all these different things and the stories that are there, we want to be able to have those things. We have to go through and lead by example and teach the generations that are coming up how to treat those things, how to take care of them, right? Because if we don't do it, they, they will learn from someone else who probably doesn't do it the right way, right? And you can't, and that's where that, the individual who stole the tree stand, you know what? I'm not mad at them, right? That's where I was. I, I hope they needed it more than I did. But I look at it as like, that wasn't something that they just did maliciously. Like that was a trait that was learned by either the individuals who brought them out to their stand, or maybe they had a bad experience with someone else who stole their stand. So they're like, all right, well, I'm going to get this guy back. Right. Like that is where it has to be a cultural shift. Right. I, I look at this to where really when Andy and Sal, and we talk about first form in general, like back when first form started, like they saw a gap in the fitness industry where the introduction of social media became a thing. Well, the fitness industry became a very vain place, right? To where it was back in the day, it was Lou Frigno, Arnold, all these bodybuilders and people like you, your competitors were your best friends, right? So that was, we had that time. And then all of a sudden social media came and it was like, Hey, look at me. I'm the best. No one else matters. Screw that guy. Right? Like became a very vain place to where honestly, I see that in, I see it in the, like the outdoor community. I see that within the social media side of things to where it's like, Hey, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Or I'm trying to, you know, sell the next person, the next thing. Right. Well, I want to abolish 
all of that shit. And I mean, excuse my language. I don't know where, where we're at on that side of things. I'm trying to hold myself back in that piece, but like, that's the stuff that I see it. And like, they're just, people are trying to make a quick buck and use social media in the wrong way. And that's where first form outdoors, like that whole piece is based around community of individuals who want to enjoy the outdoors, but also want to make sure that it's still here for the generations to come afterwards. Right. And that's, you know, you, you look at that and leading by example, right. And the whole, the whole message behind experience more, right. Like if you lead and live a healthier, more fit, active lifestyle, right. Like not only are you going to be able to get outdoors, right. But you're going to be able to experience more of what that outdoors has to offer, right. You're going to be able to pack further back in the mountains. I personally, I have friends and family and individuals who, you know, we'll go out on a deer drive. The next thing I know, one individual's just, you know, deep breath. He's like, Hey, just go on without me. Right. Like that was one of my grandfathers back in the day. It's like, no, you guys just keep going on without, like go on without me. I'll, I'll stay here. Right. I'll get them if they circle back. Well, how many more years could have I had with my grandpa's right if you know five maybe ten if we would have been focusing on healthy diet nutrition physical activity all those different things right and it doesn't take much right like it's just it's small little lifestyle changes and things to happen so it's not only getting out and experiencing more of the outdoors right I have friends right now I said I'll take you out on an elk hunt I will literally take you out and do that. If you get physically fit enough to do it, because guess what? I'm not carrying you back out of the mountain. You might be able to get there and you'll hate every single second of it, right? You'll doubt yourself. You'll wonder why you did this. Like thought this would be funner. It is a heck of a lot of fun. There is nothing like going out and being in the backcountry and waking as dawn just breaks and you got bulls screaming all around you, right? Like nothing like it but you won't like, you haven't earned that ability if you don't go through and take care of yourself. Right. And if we can make those tweaks, okay, we can experience those things. Same thing goes for camping, going on a hike, going to camp, climb a mountain, right. Do those different fun things. Go on a walk with your kids. Well, it all allows us to experience more there to where then I look at the generational heritage thing. And this is where I feel like it's really gone, gone wrong in the sense of like, we have to pass the outdoor heritage down. I don't disagree with that, but why just pass it now, right? Like if we can lead and live more of that healthy, active fit lifestyle, like instead of passing it down, let's stick around, right? Stick around to experience more of that outdoor heritage. I would love another, and this is like the selfish piece of me in the whole thing, like, and I'm, I'm totally okay with it. It's like, I love both my grand grandfathers the one taught me how to fly fish like i'd literally sit out there and he he'd make me before he'd ever take me in the boat he said i had to be able to land that fly in the tire that he set out in his backyard right and i'd sit there for hours just getting so frustrated and pissed off at this little fly right he would go through we'd, we'd fish the river and we do all that stuff growing up i loved him to death my other grandfather he's the one gave me my first buck knife first time ever going to deer camp with the guys all that stuff like if I could have five, 10 more years with them now, dude, these stories and everything we could have. And I still, I mean, there's so many stories with both of them this far, but the amount of 
impact and respect and hindsight's always 2020 to where that's where it's like, if we want to see a generational change that starts with us, we can't be pissed off at the generations before us. We can't be pissed off at the generations coming up and how they act because that's a reflection of how we're acting, right? What are we doing? Instead of being upset about it, let's do something about it, right? So that's long-winded explanation. When it comes down to First Form Outdoors, like it's very much a community base to where I, I do. And I, it's still, dude, it's in the infancy. It's only, I mean, you know, you said it's like 500. Now dude, it's, uh, we're just about going to crest the 12,000 mark, right? And that has literally just been personal conversations going through no advertising whatsoever, any way, shape or form in there. It's just good people coming together, sharing more of the community and getting out there. And that's where I, I look forward to being able to go, Hey, we're going to go hike Camelback mountain, right? We're going to go do this event or we're going to go do, you know, we're going to go Baja and the, uh, you know, the dunes or whatnot. And there's so many sprint. different things we can do. What's that in your little Chevy sprint. Yeah. I mean, there's that too, right? <laughs> so, I don't know. Like it's a lot of fun. Community, community is the biggest piece to it. And I just, ah, ah, there's so much that can be done. No, I agree hundred percent. And that's a huge reason why I, I like, I saw that potential because I, I won't lie. I kind of steer away from, and I did in the past um, following fitness pages, just because mm-hmm. I didn't like that whole, the vanity side of things. Right. And then I found the first form outdoors page. And I was like, this is something that I want to get behind. Yep. And I jumped on it and then, you know, I became a legionnaire and, uh, and, and I love it. I love the community. I love everything. I love how it was a, it was an interview process. Like mm-hmm. I can't think of any other, uh, company that I've worked with as an ambassador, whatever you want to call it, um, where it, it was literally like a three or four step interview process. It was like, I mean, it's a, it's a job. And so, um, I love that it was that detailed. You guys pay attention to the details at first form headquarters. Um, but more than anything, how that's incorporated into like, for me, that's why I always say, get out, live your life and love it. Like, I know it's, I want to say so much more to that. And that's a long catchphrase as it is, but, (laughs) but I love, I, you know, I love the experience more because it feeds right into it. You know, I say, get out, live your life and love it because you need to live it. You need to love your life. Don't just go and clock in and clock out nine to five, come home and watch Netflix and live someone else's life. That's fake because your life is boring. You know, if you're honest with yourself, it's boring. You're not growing in your job. You're not growing personally. You're not growing in your family and your relationships and you're not hitting what you want to hit. So you go and you watch the rock do his progression over the last 20 years and Mm -hmm. see how he's gone from the WWE to where he is now. And, and that's what you wish you had, but you really don't because you don't, you're not doing anything. Right. And so people need to experience more, you know, like what, what you've put as the, the phrase for first form outdoors, it's, it's so much more than just like what you're saying, camping, hunting, hiking, fishing, it's just experiencing more of your loved ones, right. you know, whether that's blood relatives or fan or friends that you consider family because they're just so tight knit, uh, tight knit with you. Um, it, it's amazing. It's some of the, some of the best conversations that people will ever have are literally around the campfire, right? Like maybe ones we can't even have on a, on a platform like this, right? Like yep. 
there's, there's a lot of great conversations, a lot of great memories and relationships that are formed that way. And it doesn't like, you, you think about that. It's like, it's people of all ethnic backgrounds, colors, shapes, sizes, like it doesn't matter. We're all outdoorsmen. We're all individuals who have a mutual respect for what it is we love to do. And we have a, we have a mutual obligation to make sure that we're going through and, and teaching others how to go through and respect the things that we have too. So. Right. Yep. And it gives people a purpose to train. You know, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to, to stay away from the word workout because workouts very temporary. It's a one-time yeah. thing, uh, but training, what are you training for? You know, are you yeah. training to live longer? Are you trying to be a better grandparent? Are you training to be a better hunter, fisherman? You know, it seems silly, but fly fishing takes a lot of back and forth. If your shoulders are jacked up. I, if, I, I know, I know you like fishing, but I mean, Dude, even just for the fly fishermen that might go through and, and listen to this too, it's like, all right, if you're going to the, the back country and everything, like I, when I guided out in Idaho, like the Cayuse River, Bear Creek River, everything up there, like phenomenal trout fishing rivers and that, but you'll, you'll put on some miles, right? And you're wading through the water, you're getting into some beautiful territory, but you got some distance to go and it's like, how far will you go, yep. right? So it's physical fitness. It's so much more than like, it's not being, you know, the ripped six pack or the, the pretty face kind of thing. It's no, it's, it's what can we do? Where can we go? Yep. No, exactly. I hear you. I hear that so much how people make things so complicated when it really, it really doesn't need to be, you know, it, it's, it's not easy, but it's simple. It's very simple. You put in a little bit of work today, a little bit more tomorrow, a little bit more tomorrow. And it builds on itself until you're able to get done what you want to get done. Yeah, um, that's well, I mean, look at, look at yourself. And I know, I mean, a handful of different people, and this is what makes me so proud. And just like in the short time with the, the first form outdoors community and that like see more and more people jump on board, right. And individuals who are just putting in the work, right. Like that seeing those things and watching individuals who, I mean, shoot, but buddy clay, right. Like the guy is down, 30 some pounds and better dad, better outdoorsman literally has followed just a consistent regimen, nonstop, like focusing on protein, calories, water movement. That's it. Like, and he's consistently gone through. He's, it, there's not, it's no magic pill. It's no magic wrap. It's just staying consistent. The hard part is doing that for a period of time, right? Actually doing it. Um, I mean, and even like for you, you fall right into that, like in all aspects. I've watched, like, man, I've watched your journey. Like, it's freaking awesome. I bet you feel a heck of a lot better too. Yep. Like, still, still, maybe not as pretty as you'd like to be, but. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. go there. We'll go there. I'm, I'm not good at the whole shots thing, but yeah, let's take. I know we're not doing videos, but let's take our hats off real quick. I don't have much more hair than you do, but oh, uh, hey, get out of here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. Look at this. What is this stuff? I, don't I know, know, right? <laughs> that wonderful widow's peak. Yeah. Uh, no, dude. I, I, I really do. I love it, and I love to see where this is going. I love um, the message that's put out there. The the values that are behind uh, First Form as a company, and uh, it's U.S. based. That's mm -hmm. another big thing for me. Um, just bringing everything back here to the U.S. as much as we can, so that we can be self sufficient. Cause we can't, it's just like everything else. You can't take care of other people. And yes, I, I, I agree that we are 
like the big brother of the world. We really are. We're kind of, and a lot of people may not like that idea, but if we don't recharge our own batteries and we can't take care of ourselves, we can't help other people that actually need that help. You know, not for political reasons, not for any other reason other than their lifestyle is not as good as ours and we want to help. And if we can't do that here, it's hard to be able to reach out. And it applies to our lives. Like if I, if my battery is drained as a dad, you as a husband, as a coworker, whatever, um, if you're drained, you can't give your best self, even when you want to, you can't, it's impossible. And I'll add on to that because this is one thing um, that has stuck with me for a good, good minute of time. Um, And it's actually a a conversation that I had had with Sal, the the president of the company, Andy, Andy is the CEO, one of the the owners of the company and his brother, Sal. The MF CEO, cool man. Yeah, the MF MF CEO, (laughs) right? If you don't know what that stands for, if you'll figure it out. Um, that being said, like Sal and I've had some really, really great conversations. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things when I even got introduced to these guys, cause it's one of the things like Andy was really excited about first form outdoors. Cause he's like, man, this is going to allow us to do more of the things we love to do. Right. And going to be able to go out there and like showcase more of those things. Cause what a lot of people don't know is like, Andy is a very big car enthusiast guy, but both of them grew up on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, Missouri right? Like they're both farm boys. They grew up that way. It, their lifestyle now might not necessarily show that as much, but literally one of Andy's like fun pastimes is go to go to his farm that he has and just go cut the hay, jump in the tractor and go cut it down. Like he loves doing those different things and they're both genuine, just good dudes. And I'll never forget Sal and I had a conversation and, and it was really about kind of even my kind of development just as a leader and everything within the company here is, you know, to be truly selfless. Like a lot of us, like we all talk about how we want to make the world a better place, right? Like we want to be able to help those around us. We want to be better dads, significant others, all this stuff, but to truly be that right. To truly be selfless to those around you, you first must be selfish. Right. And what I mean by that, cause you, you don't, don't get that twisted. Right. It's like it, it comes down to where if you want to go through and be the best dad, the best significant other, the best coworker, you need to take care of yourself, right? You need to make sure that you're taking that time for you to make sure that you're investing in yourself. So now you have actually something to give and to offer to the other individuals, right? I think that gets so overlooked too many, too many, way, way too often. Right. And, you know, it's, it's easy to think like, Oh, you're being selfish. Well, I have a mom who for the first half of her, really her life and having kids with me and my two brothers, like she gave everything to us. We were homeschooled growing up, put all the time in. Guess what? She went from Miss Wisconsin to super athletic, all these things to where she, I mean, she let go of all of her health, right? She let go of herself to where now I love her to freaking death. And it's like, and she went through, she did 75 hard, right? She went through, did that with me last year ended up like got her health back on track to where she went through and I wasn't able to go through and do it. But with a crew of other individuals within first form, she says, I'm climbing Camelback mountain. This is a woman who could hardly go through and like hang from a pull-up bar months before that. Right. So it's not that you have to change the world, but it's like, we have to change how we go through and take care of ourselves. And that's coming from a son to a mom. Like I wish, I wish 
my mom would have been more selfish in the early years and taking care of herself so she didn't have to go through and use the like the rest of her life to go through and try and regain that right and that's where you know it a lot of people might say oh you're being selfish going to the gym or going out taking that time like no it's not you're not being selfish you're actually being very selfless like if you go through and take care of yourself that's where you're really truly able to give a hell of a hell of a lot more back oh yeah no for sure and even and you know bringing the faith <clears throat> excuse me the faith aspect into it yeah. what did christ do before he went and he did his ministry he took how long in the desert yeah. by himself wasn't serving nobody but himself yeah. and figuring himself out and then yeah. he came back and spent the next three years of his ministry you know after he had recharged his batteries and tested himself put himself to the limit and and i agree with that 100 because with with kids um they see what you do they know when I'm out hunting, they know when I'm working, they know that when they wake up in the morning, if I'm not in the house, like they may ask for me because they, you know, maybe my daughter wants snuggles or whatever, but she knows that I'm at the gym. And I tell her that like, if I leave and she's kind of waking up when I'm leaving, um, you know, I'm like, Hey, just go back to sleep. Like daddy's got to go to the gym. Well, why do you need to go? You know, I'm like, well, because I need to be strong for you. Right. And that's what I tell her. And then, you know, my son brings up the squatting the other day. He was like, Hey, it's like dad squatting or whatever, you know? So it's becoming ingrained in them and they know, they notice what happens. They notice that I, like my youngest son, he's got no filter. He used to call me fat. Right. And like, I used to be like, well, whatever, but it's true. I was fat. <laughs> like yeah. I couldn't get offended by it. He was just saying for what it was, you know? And now my daughter hugs me and she's totally her, her, uh, her mom's daughter here. Um, and I'm going to call my wife, my wife out on this, but she'll like, she'll see me sitting there in a t-shirt and she'll come over and like poke my bicep. And she's like, Ooh, muscles. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and this is my five-year-old daughter. So I got to watch out for it. her. Right. But, I love it. but, uh, <laughs> no. but like they notice things like that, right. They oh. notice that you're bringing yeah. home meat when you go yeah. hunting, yeah. fishing, whatever it is. And so anyway, I just, I love, I love what you're doing with first form outdoors. Uh, I'm doing everything I can to contribute to it and provide that value as well on my end, because this message needs to, needs to get out there, you know, just humble people, good ethics, get yeah. outside, clean up, leave it better than what you found it. And if everyone did that, like the world would be a better place, period. Dude. And that's where it looks at it. Like you think about the impact we can have, like how wide and vast the entire outdoor community is, right? Like it's huge. And that just, I always look at it as like each one of us as individuals, whether it's hunting, fishing, any of it, like we're essentially the equivalent of taking a pebble and throwing it into the water, right? Like creates a little bit of a ripple effect. Well, if all of us come together and row the boat in the same direction, come together and essentially create a boulder, imagine the impact that that creates and the ripple effect that can do have, right? So, you know, don't ever think about, oh, well, this doesn't matter. Right. That's where, that's where we've gotten to where we are today. It's like, ah, it doesn't matter. Put it off. Like it's little, little stuff. Right. But if we all come together and we're all creating those little ripple effects, right. That's where we ultimately go through. Next thing we know, we've created a tsunami wave, right. That's going to go through and do some really, 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 really cool and impactful things uh, within the entire community and honestly within our entire country. And that's, that's something I wholeheartedly believe. Definitely. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer. And uh, I, I appreciate everything that you've shared today. I, I have so many other questions. 
we're gonna have to do more podcasts <laughs> yeah well, um, we can get maybe a little bit more specific i feel like i was like oh, yeah oh. well this was just kind of an intro to who's jake and first form outdoors and and all that so uh we're, we're definitely gonna have to do more podcasts as, as this thing grows and yeah. and uh, i appreciate your time thanks for being on here and uh if people want to find you where can they find you at yeah um really can find me at uh, instagram is going to be uh jake from first form it's not jake from state farm right wear the blue jeans but <laughs> jake from first form uh there also um jake from first form on tiktok i have that that was a newer thing that i ultimately went through created there um and that's really those are the two platforms on that side of things you guys at anyone you ever need anything questions conversations anything like that don't ever hesitate to go through uh reach out there uh can also reach on the first form outdoors instagram as well i go through and manage and handle all of that as well so happy to help any way we can that's awesome yeah and uh thanks for sharing that and then also of course first form outdoors so it's one st yep ph yep for form so one st m outdoors um, and go check out that page and, and get in on, I, I know this podcast is going to post after we get done with this, these eight weeks, uh, yep. challenge, but there's going to be challenges. You can get linked up with people, whether it be in the comments or other challenges that are coming up in the future people that are in your area that can get yep. outside with you guys. Um, and so you can build that community all across the nation and, uh, even more than that as we okay. get uh, bigger. So yeah. anyway, thanks for, thanks for being on man. And, uh, and thanks you guys for listening. Uh, hope you guys have an amazing day. And as I always say, get out, live your life and love it. All right. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Jake is just an awesome individual. Uh, he has had an awesome journey up to this point and um, he's helped me on mine, but also he's just a great friend. So go check out uh, First Form Outdoors uh, Instagram page and also go check out Jake uh, on his Instagram, his personal Instagram page. And uh, again, if you guys are interested, I'd love to have you on Redbeard's Fit Crew. You don't have to have a red beard. I know that's an ongoing joke. I've gotten that so many times. You don't have to have a red beard to be in Redbeard's Fit Crew. I'm Redbeard, so it's my fit crew. And I love having everyone in that group. I'm going to be a lot better at posting on there uh, coming forward now that I'm finishing up my MBA this Sunday. Finally done with school. Um, but enough on that. Hope you guys, again, go check out the links down below of all the companies that I work with, uh, products that I use personally. Again, everything from beard oil to CBD bites to uh, backpacking food, amazing backpacking food, and also, of course, first form for any protein supplements that you may need, proteins, vitamins, fish oils. You can go check them out, uh, first form outdoors. I'm oh, sorry, firstform.com. Um, and then, of course, First Form Outdoors is just amazing. So love you guys. Hope you have an awesome weekend. Enjoy your family time. Enjoy time with loved ones. And, of course, go soak up the sun rays if you've got them. It's spring is coming in hot, hopefully. We don't get any more snow. We probably will. We're in Utah. But uh, go enjoy spring, guys, and get stocked up. Get ready to go out and enjoy summer as well. So... As I always say, guys, get out, live your life, and love it.